Well, here we go as we approach uh, the final month of the Big 12 and college football season. I can't believe it, uh, but we appreciate you being here on Heartland College Sports. I'm Pete Mundo, and uh, we're always happy to welcome on David Smoke. He does a great job with the uh, Sikkim 365 crew, and 365 Sports is where you find those guys. Do an awesome job on YouTube and uh, try to watch them as much as I can to get not just what's going on around the Big 12, uh, but also what's happening in college football. So, uh, David, obviously, you're there in Waco, and you have uh, a lot of focus as well with the Baylor Bears. It has not been the season that a lot of people expected. What has been the biggest issue uh, for Baylor this season? Well, uh, a lot of what they hadn't done until last week, and even last week they had to kind of grind it out and survive the game in Cincinnati, but a much-needed win. The offensive line has not had really any kind of dominance in fact, I would think that the offensive line, if you asked Eric Mateos, they haven't played well at all. Now, last week they made a change from the off week after getting drilled by Texas Tech, and that was embarrassing. Not losing to Tech, but the way that was a one-sided game. They changed Clark Barrington, the All-American from BYU, from center to guard. And then Colton Price, a younger player, uh, they put him at center, and they kind of got a little bit of edge with them, a little bit of nastiness because – Clark Barrington's a great dude. You know, he's kind of a like a grown man, like a father. But uh, he at center, he would had so much on his plate that it didn't seem like that, that really he could be who he was. And so they flipped him to left guard where he's more natural, more comfortable, and they brought kind of an edge. Now, that doesn't mean they ran right through Cincinnati because they threw the ball to run the ball. They threw the short passes to set up the run game, and that was really their run game. But that really helped. The offensive line has not been good at all. Pete. The other part of it is the defense very young on the back end, but that's actually been in some cases the best part. They're not putting pressure on the quarterback. And back to the offensive line, the the, the, the violent offense that Jeff Grimes predicted, reliable, violent offense, has not been reliable. It had not been violent, and uh, it hadn't been much of an offense. They have not been able to run the ball like everyone thought they would. So it has just been hit and miss. Last week it took a great special teams overall effort with the four field goals from Hankins, 40-plus, four times, 154-yarder. They had a fumble return for a touchdown. So they finally got a few breaks, like they did at the end against UCF, but they have just been very erratic, and quite frankly, they have not been very tough. They have not been very edgy. They have not been beating people up. And you can't always do that, but you sure as heck, that's your personality. You have to do that in some way. I think you hit on a lot of good things there, and I guess that's the surprise to me. Um, they haven't had that that toughness, that defensive mentality that you know Dave Aranda was was known for. So, is I mean, listen, the guy won a Big Twelve title two years ago, but is there any chirping anything down there where people are saying, uh, is he the guy? Is the seat? I don't want to say he's on a hot seat. That's not fair. But is it warming up? Is that a question that's being asked? Yeah, I, I think that, that it's been – it's like I, I use this ex, uh, example when asking Mac Rhodes a couple of questions three weeks ago when things – you know, they lost that game to Texas State. And, and obviously, G.J. Kenny's done a really nice job there. But it was almost as if they were just completely unprepared, even though they would know what Kenny did at Incarnate Word. He was going to throw the ball around. But they weren't the better team that day. And that was kind of a like a getting knocked down on the canvas – uh, early and, and then, of course, having Utah and Texas early on in the schedule, they had Utah dead to rights, yep. dead to rights, but they couldn't finish it. A couple of really bad turnovers by the young quarterback and Sawyer Robertson when Shapin was out. 
but they just couldn't put in the kill shot. And then, and then of course, Texas just came in here and just, just muscled them up and ran through them, ran around and ran over them. I, it, the, the seat got high. I use this example. I said, when I was asking Mac after they were like one in three, whatever it was, and they beat Long Island, okay, no one cares. I said, if this was a heating pad, there are three notches. The one that looks like it's kind of yellow, and then I think one that might be, maybe it's green, and then there's one that is red. That means, you know, you turn it up to where you got a, a lot of pain and you're trying to, uh, to, to warm something up or heat something up. And I said, which one of those notches? And he kind of didn't answer any of those three colors, but that's what I think it's been like. It's been like a heating pad. Initially, the loss to Texas State was stunning. I never thought this team was an eight or nine win team. A lot of people did. I thought that they would be okay. They would get to a bowl game, which is the minimum requirement anyway. But I just never thought, felt like they were going to get, you know, if they'd gone eight and four, Pete, I would have, okay. But I didn't see them going anything better than that. I just didn't see enough oomph. And so I think that that right there put heat on him immediately. Mm. And everyone's like, uh, and, and by the time they were drilled by Texas the way they were, and then uh, the Texas Tech game, after Texas and after Texas Tech, it got it got hot. Now, I'm not saying from Mac Rhodes' perspective or Baylor University's perspective, but it got hot. And Aranda knows. He, he could feel that. He even admitted that. Uh, or he tries not to listen to the outside noise. But he knew. He knew that things weren't right. So I think that um, – I. I I think here's one of the things, just from my perspective. I'm not a Baylor alum. I have no one in my family that's ever been to Baylor. I have covered Baylor since 2010 through some exhilarating moments and some also really disgusting moments or just dark, I guess, dark cloud moments. But so I don't have a, a, a dog in this fight, so to speak. You know, when you cover a team, you'd like to see them play well. You'd like to see them be brilliant mm-hmm. well. But you can't let 2-10 and 10 or 10-2 and two change your sleep habits but from my perspective, unbiased perspective, all the things that everybody praised Aranda for being as a person, as a personality, as a Jedi, as this genius, and all this stuff, all that, that they praised him for in 21 and part of 22, those things are now being held against him. He's not fiery enough. He's not going to ever change. That's who he is. Uh, Tony Dungy never changed. Bobby Smith never changed. You didn't have guys, you had guys, you have people who have won like that. Uh, uh, the Tom Landry was not a fiery guy. So, and I'm not comparing Aranda to that. I'm talking about the personalities. Mm-hmm. So all the stuff that everyone loved when they were winning, they now are using that against him. He can't motivate. Uh, when all everyone thought about was, man, he got a chance to take Matt Rule's players and even make them better. Now he won with Matt Rule players. I hope that makes sense. And so, yeah, there's some heat. It's calmed down a little bit after the wins against UCF and the win on the road against Cincinnati. But they've got to get something here. They play Iowa State, who seems to have turned the corner. They have a tough schedule. They have a chance here in the next two or three weeks to catch up. That doesn't take anything away from Iowa State, who is probably favored. And then Houston, what they did against Texas. Um, But, yeah, no, I I think uh, three wins – Four wins, five wins is not going to be acceptable. If they don't get closer to six or seven, then I think that, yeah, then you all of a sudden, I don't think there would be a coaching change, but I do think then the clock is running. Yeah. Uh, David Smoke is joining us on the show. All right, David, when you look at the Big 12 as a whole, 
the gap between Oklahoma, Texas, and the rest of the Big 12. Two weeks ago, a lot of us would have said it's large, but last week, OU struggles with UCF. Yeah. Texas barely beats Houston, got a gift at the end from the officials on that first down spot. So is the gap between OU, Texas, and the rest of the Big 12 large, or is it maybe not as big as we thought two weeks prior? I think we are always the um, we are always the uh, what are we? Our emotions are of the moment, or the most recency bias. And yeah, Oklahoma and Texas, you know, both of them have looked good. Uh, you know, there were still questions about Oklahoma's schedule until they beat Texas, and that was a dynamic, a great game. Uh, and then immediately, well, they're going to play again in the Big Twelve Championship because Kansas State was a little wobbly. Tech had started poorly. Baylor is surely not a part of it. West Virginia was playing well, but you kind of didn't, you know, you don't. Oklahoma State was struggling. So you look around, Iowa State was struggling. And, you know, it, it looked like they're what, BYU, BYU was okay. The other incoming schools were, uh, And so, yeah, I think it was fair to look at that. And we probably do because of who they are. The logos still matter. I still think when people fill out their polls, I, I just know that when they pull out their polls, fill out their polls, they still go with logos. So, oh, hell, it's 24, it's got to be Texas or OU. You know, that, that kind of thing. So, no, it's not as big. It's not as big. Now, will it be those two at the end? There's a chance that's the case. Uh, Texas does have a chance to play Brigham Young and K-State at home. K-State seems to have found themselves, seem to be in a pretty good spot. Quinn Ewers is injury. Malik Murphy's a great, great athlete. A great, he's a really good talent. Um, so, no, it's not as big. And, and I didn't fall for that. I, there's going to be somebody that kind of rises from that middle of the pack every year. Two years ago, Oklahoma State Baylor. Last year, Kansas State TCU. And and I and some damage. And it just all depends. A lot of it mm-hmm. depends on where people might play. But it is not, Pete. It is not the wider gap as we thought. Now, I'm not suggesting they won't play. Yeah. If, you know, if I had to put $100 down on it, I would say, yeah, but I am not by any means going to take Kansas State especially out of the equation because they start what they did in Lubbock with a backup quarterback who's now become this phenom, and then what they did against TCU, it appears as if kind of Chris Kleiman has everything pretty well. Yeah, absolutely. $100, I thought I, I knew you were a, a big fish down there. I figured $1,000 was at least uh, what David Smoke now, was betting. Pete, you know, one time I've never actually bet. I bet I think early on when those things came out, like FanDuel or yeah. whatever it was called, I did that for NFL game. I did that a little bit, and I, I just I, I just don't have enough time. <laughs> I one time bet. I I'm this. I know you don't have time for this. I, this is the only time I actually ever bet on a game. A friend of mine gave me a hundred dollars. He said, "Hey, hundred dollars. I'm gonna make, but I'm gonna make you have to bet it. You have to use this money to make a bet. You can't lose any money because it's not yours." And I bet a game back in 91 when the Redskins were incredible. They had the team that went like 14-2, and two, I think, or won the Super Bowl eventually and beat up on the Bills. I, he said, put that a bet. They were playing Philadelphia. The Redskins were like eight, nine-point favorites, and they were down like immediately 13 to nothing or whatever. And I'm like, holy – you know, they came they, – the whole game, I'm like, okay, eight, that's four, that's – because – there were eight-point favorites down eight. Now I'm 16. I was miserable. I ended up the Redskins covered. They covered, but I had never been more miserable in my life watching a team that I like 
win a game because the whole time I was worried about this spread rather than who was winning the football. Oh, that is hysterical. David Smoke is joining us. Uh, oh. Sick of 365, 365 sports. <laughs> Always good to have him on the show. All right, take me through then. Of those, there's there's a uh, handful of teams in the Big 12 who are 3-1, uh, and one, David. Iowa State, Oklahoma State, Texas, Kansas State. Of those four, who's the best 3-1 and one team in the league right now? I still think Texas is the best team among the three and one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, it's not, like we said, the, the gap is not nearly as wide. I love what Mike Gundy and Oklahoma State's done after last year was such a disappointment, kind of like Baylor's year, you know, mm-hmm. and then they fell apart. They had players leaving. People were thinking Gundy was not going to play the game of NIL and transfer portal, and oh my lord, and they started poorly, lost to South Alabama. I would say that it would be Texas, K-State, and Oklahoma State. But what would have been one and then like a gap and then two with K-State and then like a gap, I think it's much tighter, like a vertebrae that's been realigned, and I think it's a lot closer. Uh, Texas, we know, listen, uh, even with viewers out, they're going to be fine because they can run the ball. they got great running back in Brooks, and they have uh, uh, the, the young freshman that's so good, Baxter. They'll be fine. Uh, the defense has started to show a few, uh, uh, you know, a weakness or two in the in the secondary, and mm-hmm. they've been giving up some big chunks of yardage. But I would still think among those three, it would be Texas, right behind them, K State, and then a little bit behind that, I would see Oklahoma State. I love Ollie Gordon, the second, who I saw play when he was at Euless Trinity High School in Dallas. I mean, his kids turned them into a monster as far as what he can do, and, and I, I think it's it's allowed. Uh, right now for the quarterback to just not have to try to throw it 45 times a game. And, and I think it's settled them down. They're playing pretty good defense. So that we have but Texas, K-State, Oklahoma State in that order. All right, very good. Uh, David Smoke is here on the show. So when you look at um, you know the bottom half of this league, and this league is so unpredictable, the four new teams have really struggled. They're a combined 3-13. and 13. What does that say for all the haters yep. out there who are like, oh, the Big 12's nothing but a you know glorified group of five? I don't know, David. I think we're learning pretty quickly. Uh, the Big 12, uh, there is a major, major learning curve coming into this conference. That's my takeaway. What about you? I agree. And those group of fives have had to, you know, UCF had Baylor dead to rights. I've used that term twice, but they did. And just threw up all over themselves in Orlando. Uh, BYU uh, has had a game or two in which they probably could have closed better. Uh, I, I, you know, I... Uh, and I had they had that nice win against Arkansas, which was cool. That's who they used to always play those kind of games anyway. So probably not as much of a learning curve for them, and we're kind of seeing that. Uh, I, I, uh, you know, I, Houston has been close. I, I mean, you know, against the, the game against Texas Tech, uh, the game, uh, of course, against um, against Texas, where, like you said, the spot. Now, whether or not they still themselves could have picked up the first down on fourth down, I didn't like that call. But, yeah, no, it's a learn. Well, I'll tell you what the Big 12 to me, and this is not to say they don't have anybody that can play or compete uh, when Oklahoma and Texas leave for a national title. Somebody will rise through that. Some, maybe the team or two will just get better. Uh, and it won't be because they can't beat Texas and OU here because people have been beating them, not Oklahoma as much. I think it's probably top to bottom. There may not be the alphas at the top. Even in this year with Oklahoma, I'm not so sure they're an alpha or Texas. But they will have, from top to bottom, to me it is the most competitive 
league. Now, people might say, oh, yeah, because there's not that many good teams when, I, when the logos leave. I, I love that. You don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with some of these games this weekend. That's what I think has been the most entertaining part of the Big 12 is that there's really no gimme. There's no more Kansas back in the day. Mm-hmm. Look what they've done. There's no more Kansas. And I'm not so sure Kansas is not offensively good enough to be able to put like a 40-35 type game with Oklahoma. They're also capable of giving up a lot of points, but so is OU. There's no gimme. There's no gimme even with Houston or Cincinnati. There's no gimme with UCF. We've seen each one of those teams have a chance to win a game. They just haven't quite yet. Maybe don't have the roster as the attrition of the season continues. But that's the strength of the conference to me is there is no gimme. None. Zero. Zippa. You'll have a blowout or two, but there's nothing that you know that's an automatic win. And, and I like that. Now, are there enough alphas? No. Will there be? I think at some point, I think the commitment to football by a lot of the schools that will be still a part of it after this year, I think a lot of them are committing to make sure that they're not just, oh, they're pretty cute, or that's, that's cute. I think that they're uh, a commitment for them to be, man, they're really good at what they do playing football. All right. I, I've got to ask you, David, too. Um, you know, you, you know Baylor, obviously, in that part of the world very well, along with this league at large. Um, are you surprised by the struggles of Joey McGuire and Texas Tech? You knew him at Baylor. There was a lot of hype around this team this year, and they have been, to me, the biggest disappointment in the Big 12, 3-5 and five overall this season. They're going to be fighting for a bowl game after having expectations of potentially competing for a Big 12 title. How surprised have you been by Joey McGuire and the Red Raiders this year? Yeah, I thought they would probably be more 5-3. and three. Now, They also got the big win and, and uh, hammered Baylor. And uh, Otherwise, you don't – I mean, then it would be really, really a bad situation. I believe – we had Joey on uh, – let me see. I think it might have been before the Baylor game. And they were kind of reeling and kind of like Baylor. Well, not kind of, but like Baylor was. It was kind of like a survival game. To me, the winner would probably at least get to a bowl game and maybe jump back in it. Well, we realized that that's not what Tech has done since the win. And it was one-sided, emphatic win in Waco. We asked him about it. I said, you know, you, you had all this hype. Craig kept saying, my son, one of the co-hosts kept saying that, man, they've embraced all this. And Joey admitted to us that he had a conversation with his team about, hey, did I do something? He wasn't questioning himself. He was trying to get feedback from them. Did I do something that has put too much pressure on you by embracing all of the hype or whatever word you want to use, the expectations, the five-game winning streak to end last year, Shuck coming back? And I don't know exactly what they told him, but he felt like perhaps that maybe. um I don't want to. Yeah, I think the word might. Maybe they hyperventilated a little bit too much, and then when something didn't go wrong, it multiplied. I, I still think now. There's maybe Baron Morton's back. Now he also is not flawless by any means, but they have been through that like they did last year, the carousel of quarterbacks, and it's really affected them. They really haven't been able to put a lot of pressure on the quarterbacks uh, at, at all. That, that's been a problem. I, they kind of have a mess right now, and I don't know. You're right, three and five, they still have that game in Austin. You know Texas has been – it's not like Texas circled the Texas Tech game. It's usually the opposite for teams. But after all the conversation, your mark and that luncheon up in Lubbock, you know they'd love to drill the Texas Tech just to kind of do that. 
Plus, they were beaten by them last year. When And Joey goes, the conference runs through Lubbock. So that's going to be really a difficult one there. So they can't lose another game. I mean, they really can't. They, they're they up against it, and I don't know if they can run the table. And, and, and I don't expect them to win at Austin. But, yeah, I do think they're the most disappointing team. And I think Joey and the program did what you want to do, embrace, you know, the uh, the, the love, the attention. But, man, once you do that, be careful what you wish for because everybody's gunning for you, even though they weren't even close in the Big 12 race last year. That is uh, well said. David Smoke, find those guys doing their daily show. 365 Sports and Sikkim 365, a great place to cover and find everything happening with the Baylor Bears. Hey, David, we appreciate you coming on here, my friend. Thanks so much for the time. Pete, it's an honor to be a part of you, and also when you asked me to be a part of it, thank you so much. Let's have another great weekend of college football. Absolutely. Love having David on the show, and uh, by the way, love having you here. If um, you have 30 seconds, could you hit the five-star on iTunes and leave a review as well, and I'll get you hooked up with that free Heartland College Sports koozie. We are up to, let's see, three, uh, 719 ratings on the show. Can we get to 750 by Thanksgiving? That's about a month away. That means I mean, we've got thousands of you listening to every show. I need one of you a day. That's it. Come on. I'm challenging you right now listening. Hit the five star. So appreciate you doing that. And I do have the Heartland College Sports koozies for you. When you leave a rating and review, send me a screenshot to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com, and I will get you that koozie in the mail. I send them out myself every single week. So we appreciate you guys. We'll be talking to you soon. Have a great day. Take care.